Welcome to the Leadership in Yoga podcast hosted by me, Shauna Kruger. And on this podcast, I'll be bringing you interviews with exceptional leaders in the yoga world alongside trainings and tips so you can experience true breakthroughs and help others do the same. Leadership and yoga. Welcome back to another interview. And today I have Clara Tome coming to us live all the way from Spain at the moment. And Clara is a fashion model, environmental activist, and a European Union Climate Pack ambassador. She holds a master's degree in environmental law and has been part of numerous projects, including being a next gen assembly member and being part of the 2023 United Nations Water Conference, all of which has had her featured in everything from Greenpeace to Business Insider. And at the same time, during all this, she's been super busy modeling internationally, was recently over in China for a couple of months, if I'm not incorrect, and doing all of the things. And so, Clara, I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast uh, again, because, you know, you stand at the intersection of so many different things and you handle the duality of it all. I think that your life in general is proof of what happens when you believe fully in not only yourself, but your cause your energy is powerful, um, your success is blooming, and I'm super proud of you. You know, for further context, Clara and I have continued to connect over the years on meditation and all things mindfulness, and we've hosted online events together on multiple occasions, maybe an in-person event coming sometime in the future, we'll see. And for background, she was my family's exchange student over a decade ago at this t- at this point, and We've continued to see each other in different areas of the world ever since. And so, as I mentioned, this is actually Clara's second time on the podcast. And it makes sense because you were the first one I interviewed. And so you're the first one that I want to bring back now. I have to say that I'm a little bit more comfortable with the interviewing process. And I'm excited this time to dive into a super important topic. And this idea just came to me randomly. It was actually kind of a series of questions that hit me that I almost just sent you a voice note to ask you, but I thought, you know what? Actually, we're going to record a podcast because we always say that these these topics and these conversations would be beautiful to share. And so once we're, we're doing the thing, we're sharing the thing. But if you're tuning in, today's topic roughly of the interview is on convenience and complacency and essentially the mindless things that we do. I think we talk a lot about mindfulness, right? But what happens when we are acting mindlessly is equally important to discuss. So I think that there's a really deep connection between the teachings of yoga and the practice of becoming truly aware and the work that that you're doing, Clara. And I, I think that these are hard topics, even for me. So if you're listening, buckle up. Um, in terms of agenda, if you're listening, what we're going to dive into right away is this idea of mindlessness and how that negatively impacts not only us and our home in terms of our body, but also our home in terms of the earth and what we can do about it. Later on in the in the episode two, I'm going to ask you, Clara, a bit about your own personal meditation practice, because I know that you mentioned that it has changed a bit in the way that you think about meditation in general has changed and so, yeah, to kick it off, I just I just want to say, like, my my thoughts on these two words, convenience and complacency, is that they feel like these two kind of traps wherever we go. And I was actually thinking about this because as I was trying to pull things aside to compost them and in the building, it's like the compost is, of course, not up here where the garbage chute is. It's like downstairs and you have to bring your little bowl of compost down. And so it's so easy, right, to just think like, I don't know, you know what, I'm just going to toss it all in the trash. And so you catch yourself kind of on this autopilot. And I think that that autopilot kicks on when 
we're distracted or not fully present. And so um, I wanted to start just by asking you, you know, how do you feel like we can be more present even when we are distracted? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me again. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And I'm so proud of, as well of your growth or your success of this amazing podcast that you have uh, and that I follow a lot. So it's really, really a pleasure. And I'm so grateful uh, with you to having me again here and to chat about this um, interesting topic because it's, it's very interesting and it's very um link between spirituality, self-growth, meditation, awareness, and also nature. I think it's something that I, I really like to dive in. So uh, when you talk to me about these two words, convenience and complacency, um, I was digging in both, and I think they are very related to comfort, right? Because we all as humans want to be on this comfort zone because it protects us from threats, from the uncertain, and from the unknown about how can we be present despite of our circumstances. Um, this is something that I talk a lot uh, with my partner because um, I think it's a game of priorities, right? Like as humans, I don't think like you can care about earth, for example, or nature uh, because you have bigger issues to care about, right? Like you cannot care about recycling. You cannot care about uh, what is happening in the Amazon, what is happening in Pakistan, because you have bigger priorities. You, my, Your main priorities uh, can be you, basically, your family, maybe friends, but work, your economic status, your health, and not even them, because sometimes, you know, people doesn't even care about their health and they smoke and, you know, all these things. Uh, and all these priorities are kind of set on a, on this comfort or on this false certainty, right? Because um, I always think that I will put this example, for example, like we all know that climate change is there and we all know that it's dangerous and it's a threat, but we live on this um, certainty that tomorrow everything is going to be okay, we are going to be alive and everything is going to continue the same. The same way that a person that is smoking, for example, uh, knows that that is dangerous, that that uh, habit can uh, kill, uh, kill him, kill him. Sorry, but at the end, until you don't have like an imminent threat, like uh, a cancer, okay, like your doctor says, okay, you have two months of of life, that's all you have, you don't act. So I think the climate change or making certain habits in favor of nature. Um, are based on this certainty that everything is fine. Everything mm -hmm. will be the same tomorrow when it's not, you know, like you never know what is going to happen tomorrow. You never know if, uh, you know, science is talking and you never know if tomorrow we are going to have like a huge flood here in the global north because it's not just happening on the global south, it's also here uh, affecting us. So you'll never know and we cannot play with that, you know. So um, I think it's very related to human psychology, all of these issues and on this comfort zone that we live in. So it's, it's, hard, it's hard to change for human beings. How do you think that we can proactively start to break a habit before we're forced to act? And I actually love the example, too, of not only in terms of the environment, in terms of something as smoking, like something that is, is directly in 
in control of an individual essentially like to flip on and off i know it's not that simple but it is you know if you were if you were to have the willpower like how can we really start to break habits before it's like you're forced to do them well i think um first you need a lot of awareness and not just awareness but a, a deep understanding about the connection of this habit and and your well-being right um for example in terms of um i don't know in, ter in terms of the environment uh understand the connections between our survival because it's our main pri priority um as a species and the nature then that sustains us right so until we don't understand that until we don't have all this information and we really understand this we cannot be mindful or change our actions um and yeah break our habits as we eat as we move as what we buy and all these things right because um for now we know that yeah fast fashion is bad for climate change uh, eating meat uh, doesn't help at all to climate change either or to the environment but we don't see the the real connection that this has so um for example the same way like you cannot be aware mindful on a spiritual way let's say until you don't understand the benefits uh, that it has for your health, your relations with others, your self-improvement, your self-growth, until you don't experiment them uh, in your own body or you don't understand them because you have read, I don't know, some books or, or listened to some podcasts or did some meditations, you know, that's when you change their habits, right? When you, when you are really convinced about the benefits that that can have for you. So the same way you cannot care or be aware of changing your habits if you don't understand the connections, for example, between um, eating meat and the deforestation that is happening on the Amazons to uh, have that meat in your dish and how the deforestation affect uh, to the oxygen you breathe because your oxygen depends on trees. So all these connections that we miss. Other example could be um, water, right? Um, how the fast fashion affects to water and rivers and oceans pollutions. Um, it's it's very it's very inter interconnected. So we kind of forget we cannot forget this because um, the purity of the water we drink, for example, depends a lot on the um, sorry the purity of the water we drink. It's it's very interconnected with, uh, for example, fast fashion. Fast fashion uh, contaminates and pollutes rivers, oceans. Um, so these connections uh, kind of get lost uh, in our minds when we talk about climate change. And it's something that you really need to understand in terms of changing your habits. Otherwise, you will live on your, you will live, you know, in your own mind and like, okay, I cannot do nothing. Whatever I do doesn't matter, doesn't make a big effect, but it does, you know, because before I was not, aware of about all of this i care about nature but i didn't care about nature the way i care now because i understood all of these things mm -hmm. and we really think that if you are not in an environmental um background for example or biologist background you don't need to know about these things but as human beings as and as our survival depends on the well-being of ecosystems biodiversity animals and uh, facing this climate change we all have 
the duty to care and to change yeah. our habits. It's not an option anymore, you know. Uh, we reach a limit already. Uh, uh, it cannot be an option. It cannot be a political um, uh, character of some parties or, you know, a, a thing just to tap in in some list. Um, it's, it's something that we really all need to care about and make part of ourselves as something like innate almost. Yeah. And I think there is this tendency, like you mentioned, for ignorance as bliss sort of as a state. And I feel like I've seen the same thing in, in terms of there's a lot of ignorance around body and mind. And it's it's where you live and it's where you exist. It's your human experience. But for me, like extending that to the earth is something that I feel like recently and especially through your influence, I've been thinking more and more about. Right. It's like. I do really believe and I have always believed that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so it's like if I'm over here preaching to take care of yourself and your body and then yet not necessarily connecting that to the whole and understanding like this is all interconnected. And I think you make a really key point. It's it's not just knowing the facts, right? It's understanding how it's connected and really understanding kind of how it moves and how when you turn le one lever, it turns another one because that's when I think it starts to get real and it starts to come to life. And I think that it has been kind of coming to life for me as well. But I was curious what your thoughts are on how, how is it possible that we are so separated from this understanding of our connection to nature? And I know that's a simple question, but really speaking from terms of how our mind works, why are we not able or willing perhaps to feel empathy for something like our, our living environment, our, our earth? I think these two questions are very um, connect because I used to say a lot that we need more empathy, we need more empathy, but I just reflect a lot on that. And I don't think all humans have the same capacity to build uh, or to feel empathy. I, I really feel that uh, on my from my part, I'm very high sensitive person. So for me, it's different, but it's, it's not fair to ask everyone to feel the same empathy because as human beings, we are selfish by nature, right? Uh, selfish is a natural pattern and it's linked to our natural survival mode. Uh, but it's, it's funny because we are being incorrectly selfish. I always say this because uh, <laughs> what we do to nature, we are doing to ourselves. So if you really care about you and your family and your well-being and just your surroundings uh, and you, you don't feel empathy, for example, you feel pity, but you don't feel empathy with the Pakistan floods, with the Amazon or with any country in the global south and the effects that they are experiencing about climate change, it's fine. But... If you really care about yourself and your surroundings, you should care about nature because you are part of it. And uh, responding again to uh, why we feel disconnect from the whole or from nature is basically because uh, we see ourselves separate from, from it uh, and not as a part of it. And I think capitalism, the capitalism, the capitalist system that we are living has a lot to do with this because uh, we see ourselves as individuals. Uh, this system is built to see ourselves as individuals and not as a whole or as a community, right? So we will look after our, our own needs, interests, and benefits. And also capitalism put us on a, um, on a kind of map of uh, values as greed, competition, selfishness, and not solidarity or e e equality, right? 
um, and also is built to feel ourselves, ourselves, sorry, as a supremacy as humans, right, uh, from other species. So it's built to see as human as the main point of a mm, pyramid. Is it is it is it correct mm-hmm. pyramid? And as like like we have the right to take benefit and to exploit everything uh, around us instead of building that symbiotic um, relation that we should have with nature because at the end we depend on it and we are not giving anything back and that's the issue um, capitalism is just built to make us uh, as a dominant species and arm all that is uh, surround, surrounding us because it's like it's, it's seen as less less important or uh, less essential when we really are very vulnerable we think that we are the most important thing out there but we are really vulnerable and nature can literally kill us like this because if tomorrow a huge tsunami just decide to appear by some reason and you know like you saw all these catastrophes natural catastrophes that are happening out there doesn't matter how wealthy is a country. Of course, like Global South has more um, more chances to to uh, get a catastrophe because they don't have like the uh, same economic infrastructure. Sorry, the same infrastructure to face it. But uh, it can happen on the global north as well. Doesn't matter if you are uh, more uh, economic economically developed. It can affect you because if it's not if it's big enough to destroy a city, um, you know the power of nature can be super super powerful and and destroy a whole nation in one if you if it wants. So uh, yeah, don't play with it. You know. In terms of viewing ourselves at the top of the pyramid, because I agree that that's completely the way that everything has been set up. How? You know, what is the role of being less selfish? So not not putting ourselves on that pedestal and perhaps being less selfish, less greedy in terms of our daily life. And honestly, probably being a little bit more uncomfortable, actually a lot more uncomfortable and inconvenience. And, you know, you're not able to do the same amount of things or buy the same amount of things because, you know, if you have fast, fast fashion, yeah, you can get all 10 of whatever items of clothing that you want for an obscenely low price and at a, a very big price to the environment and to other systems. But how can we be okay being more uncomfortable if we're going to be less selfish? Or do you would you not say that it's necessarily uncomfortable? Well, for me, uncomfortable is a safe place since uh, I started meditation and since I started all this journey being more aware and more conscious about everything that surrounds me and about how I act with other people and to the world, I think um, not everybody is, is ready to be out of the comfort zone, of course. As I said, it's very linked to survival mode, I think. And same with, with selfishness, right? It's an aurora pattern that you cannot just delete. Uh, but I, I would encourage people to not be afraid of the uncertainty because it's the only thing 
we have at the end. I mean, the only certain thing is just right now, this moment that we are talking here, right? The rest is completely uncertain. So it's not that uh, special. It's not that uh, um, strange. It's our daily life. We don't know if tomorrow we will be alive. We don't know if tomorrow uh, something is going to happen. So it's always there. And for me, being uncomfortable for a bigger cause, for example, in my... A good example of this for me, it's uh, since I started to be vegan, right? Because at the beginning, uh, all my life, I've loved meat like crazy. I was eating like probably five, six days per week meat. Um, and I, I've never thought that I could become a vegetarian first and then a vegan. But since I got the enough information to understand how animals, some like something that I really care about, even when I was eating meat, and not being able to uh, see certain videos because they make me suffer a lot, understand, yeah, all this information that is behind the meat industry, for example, or the fisher, uh, the fisheries industries, and all of this uh, made me question a lot of things. And I was like, okay, I think I need to go slow. I need to um, go step by step. And I, this is really a uh, link also to the question you said before about how breaking habits. I think you need to make it easy for yourself. There are some people that are able to just go plant-based like super quick, like just they see a documental and they're like, okay, I'm done. For me, it was not like that. It was very slow. Uh, so I quit fr first from red meat. I remember then I quit from uh, chicken and turkey, I was eating just fish, and then uh, I get from fish as well, then cheese, blah, blah. So just make it make it easy for you, right? And don't be afraid to see the documentals or the information or the movies you need to see to make that a step. Because for me, it was that was essential. At the beginning, I was not able, because I didn't want to feel that uncomfort, I was not able to see certain videos from PETA, for example, or certain documentals that people recommend me. Uh, so I was feeling like, yeah, I think I, I want to be vegetarian or vegan, but I'm not able to go through this uncomfortable uh, video or information. And I took the courage because, as you said, the, the cause was bigger. And after that, my whole mind changed completely. And I understood that I didn't want to participate on this uh, anymore. And it was uncomfortable. And it's no, it's not comfort. It's not uncomfortable. Sorry, anymore. But at the beginning, it was because I was. It's not like I don't like meat. Now I, I don't feel attracted at all. But at the beginning, was kind of like challenging, right? Like seeing meat, something that I really liked, and have to reject it. Even I like it. Even I like the smell. You know, it was hard. But at the end, it's just. Um, it was just like, okay the cause is bigger because mm -hmm. we are comparing a, a bigger cause that is not related just about how I feel about animals and all the things that I know about animals, how they they feel literally the same feelings almost as humans, but also about the effects that it has on climate change and how much I care about this as well. Um, so yeah, um, I decided to do this because the, this, just the satisfaction of the moment for some seconds was not big enough to take me out of the bigger cost because at the end this is super important for well it should be for every human right because it's related to many things it's not just developing empathy to animals because not everybody can feel that and it's completely fine but 
as I said, is very related to the oxygen we breathe and to climate change. So uh, we really need to cut or reduce or eliminate our consumption on this. Um, so yeah, I think uncomfort is necessary at the end. Yeah. And I, I love that point that you say, okay, the momentary indulgence or that momentary bliss, you know, that you experience from whatever action is not greater at a certain point than the bigger cause. And so I, you know, personally, so it's like, for me, I don't even necessarily, like, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not vegan. I mean, I, I aspire to, to be honest with you. And it makes me feel like, how can I have so much willpower in other areas of my life? And then yet convenience takes over. It's like, I'm out and at home it's easy because there I, I make sure and I make a point to stock my foods that I want, right? And that's a whole nother story. Like I don't usually talk much about food. That's also part of why I don't usually talk about this subject. But in terms of like, for me, you know, I've seen the documentaries. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, maybe I haven't seen enough of them, but yet there's some point that takes over in my brain if I'm out and that is the option that there is or like that's what's being served to me um, or that's the easiest option that takes over and I'm like you know what it's fine like it's fine I'll have I'll have the red meat you know and that's something that I would never cook for myself at home but I'm curious what your thoughts are on retraining our brains to get to that point and I think that it's nice that you say okay it's a step-by-step thing it's not like necessarily a cold turkey <laughs> cold turkey, not the right expression, but you know, you cut it all off. Um, what, what does that look like? What is the retraining process? And is it just kind of like a widening of, of the path of saying no, because that's kind of what I've experienced for probably the past couple of months now. It's kind of like the more and more that I think about it, I just get, it's almost feels like the default path is widening towards what I ultimately want to always be eating. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, being kind and being patient with yourself is essential because um, you cannot be perfect. Any Anyone else, uh, if they say that to you, they are completely lying. It's not possible to be 100% sustainable in the system we live in. And uh, of course, it's possible to be 100% vegan, as many people is. Uh, but it's hard based on the system we have. Now there is a lot of options, it's true. So it's kind of easier than before. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's very important to be okay with failure because I fail. Being a vegetarian, I, I, there, there was a couple times that I failed and being a vegan as well, I, I, I keep failing. I was in China and it was so hard to eat vegan, like completely hard. Uh, they don't even know what is being vegetarian and everything everything has meat or fish so at some point I had to eat some cheese that was on a pizza because that was no other thing they have in the menu you know and it's fine I, I don't feel like less um, I don't feel guilty honestly I have to be very honest with you I don't feel guilty at all because I'm kind with myself I know what is my intention and what are my actions because of course intention without action uh, is is it's not, uh, doesn't count, right? But um, I know my values and I know uh, how I care about animals. And I think I show that every day uh, when I'm deciding what to eat almost every time, uh, helping organizations, raising awareness and all these things. So 
a lot of vegans can come to me and say, yeah, well, if you eat cheese the other day, because it doesn't matter you were in China, um, you are not vegan. Okay, for me, it's, it's not about that. It's not about a level. It's, it's about the values and or how a you title. carry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's about the how you carry yourself out there and how you care about animals and all these things. And it's personal, you know, it's personal on each, it's something very individual, it's your choice, you don't need to be 100% vegetarian if you don't want, you don't want to be 100% vegan, uh, it's fine, I mean, it's it's not, you don't have anything to prove, you know, and I thought that because I, I failed so many times on the social media, I need to prove that, um, okay, this is, this is what I'm eating, it's vegan, by the way. I give plant-based. I have to say it, otherwise people will question me. Ah, but that looks like uh, meat. And no, sorry, it's not meat. It's um, you know, it's a fake <laughs> chicken or whatever. And it is. Love people judging feel... without context. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when they when they eat meat, for example, so it's it's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, instead of pointing others or comparing yourself with others, just live your journey. Um, I think if you are reducing meat, it's more than enough because we don't need. I mean, uh, in an ideal and utopic world, it would be great if all of us are vegan, but that's not happening never in this, um, I don't know, in this lifetime, in these years, in this, uh, it will never happen, let's be honest. But I think uh, based on the what we are facing now, as science said, we all need to reduce um, meat consumption. So if we all do that, we will um, decrease the emissions I don't remember in which percent, but in percentage, sorry, mm -hmm. but it was huge. Like the effects that meat industry has on climate change is huge. Yes. So um, it's fine. Congratulate yourself if you are just reducing and if you sometimes want to eat meat. Because, I mean, for me, it's not the same because I have a level of empathy, as I said, with animals that doesn't mm -hmm. let me um, have that option in my mind, you know, doesn't make me fail. In that, in that, in that way, yeah, I failed before, mm -hmm. but now that I, each time I'm absorbing more information, seeing more documentals, and uh, knowing the effects, I cannot let myself uh, fail in that way. On vegan and vegetarian, okay, I can fail still, and I, I would never eat meat again, for example. But it's because uh, of the empathy that I have for animals, and as I said, it's not possible. Everybody has this empathy because we don't mm -hmm. even have it for people, you know. So yeah. it's, it's, it's completely fine. It's completely fine. Uh, at least just doing some small for about reducing. I think it's for climate change in those terms, it's more than enough. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to talk about the role of your circle and your friends in breaking out of complacency and making changes, you know, whether that is becoming vegetarian, whether that's becoming vegan, whether that's deciding to live a more mindful life and first find that empathy for yourself and, you know, grow in self-love. I think that all of this stuff is extremely inter interrelated and, you know, I've seen it in terms of your influence that you've had on me. Um, absolutely. I've seen it in terms of other friends that I've been around too, but I was curious what you think about socially. Does it matter if everyone you're around is continuing to take the actions that you don't want to take? Completely. Yeah, 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 completely. I don't know who said this, but uh, you will become how it was, you will become as if five people you surround yourself the most time or something like mm -hmm. that, right? And I think yeah. it's completely right. Uh, basically, I saw myself a whole change uh, 
from before and now because first of all we spend it's not just our surrounding it's what we consume mainly mm -hmm. i feel because we are on social media all the time absorbing a lot of information right and before i, I remember i was following a lot of influencers and uh, influencers about i mean uh, you know clothing and style and you know all these things lifestyle blah blah and i was buying a lot of clothes at that time i was in the university and i remember i was going to zara like almost every week even not having money but i was always uh, i always have to be on the best outfit on the best trend because i was not aware that all this influencing uh was taking part somehow on on my actions right because uh, at the end it's, it's very important what what you consume it will completely affect your your habits your actions and especially what you buy so if you it it also uh creates needs that you don't really need you know if someone shows like this piece of clothes uh, i want it you don't need it but you think you need it right so mm -hmm. since i just delete all these people and i unfollow them and follow them and i start focusing on okay i really want to follow people that can uh, give me some knowledge. I can learn them from. I can be inspired them from some uh, somehow, right? So I just uh, changed my whole following list to people that are related, yeah, to meditation at the beginning and and also like self growth. And some uh, gurus that I don't follow anymore, but that's other topic. Uh, but then, in environmental terms, I started to following a lot of activists, a lot of organizations, uh, a lot of people that I can be inspired on that way. I can learn from them. And I really feel I became more aware uh, and I act more in favor to nature since that happened. Because it's not about reading a book or about seeing a documentary. We spend so many hours uh, in social media. So at the end, as I said, that's information our mind is absorbing so if, if our mind is absorbing okay this is happening and this affects uh now because of the um heat waves sorry uh are like uh, reaching the records that we have never before experienced in in climate right and all these things uh some abyss that you can feel inspired of i was not vegan um but i follow this uh, girl that now is uh, my friend carlota bruna and she was having this book from uh, about veganism. Uh, also, she was sharing a lot of things about veganism. And yeah, at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is cool. But I was not feel like completely engaged to follow that. But at the end, when you have so many, um, how can you call it? Like so many points of or, or contact of different information, but that at the end lead to the same way, which is, uh, climate awareness, environment, and all these things, uh, it will lead you to have this kind of uh, care because it's what you are absorbing and what you are understanding. So I think it's very important. Uh, it's very important who you surround yourself with, but also who you follow. And at the same time, then on my daily life, um, I feel that I have a lot of impact on these terms, on environmental, on diet, uh, on even meditation and self-growth on the people that is surrounding me because a lot of friends that they didn't like care about all these things at all. They come to me and they say, hey, you know what? I reduced my meat consumption. Uh, now I'm trying to make this uh, kind of receipts that you post um, or this thing that you said about climate crisis. I didn't know and I'm trying now to recycle more or these things 
or uh, also about meditation and all these things. So yeah, at the end, they are my close friends. They are changing their habits because of the things they uh, listen uh, that I'm saying or that they see that I post. So it's completely essential who you have around for this. Absolutely. And I think that you make a great point, which is basically take control of the way that you're being influenced because all of this is influencing, right? I mean, even listening to this podcast is a form of influencing, Mm -hmm. you know, choosing what you're kind of marinating and soaking yourself in and the ideas that you want to incorporate more in your life. And I think that maybe the clarity on that comes through self-reflection and through the meditation and through really understanding and knowing what it is that you want. I've noticed in something that maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like what I get a sense from you is that you have committed yourself fully to this one pointed concentration almost of environment, right? Has that been helpful in terms of being able to make great progress in terms of your personal life and your career. And again, maybe it's not necessarily like that's the only thing you do. Cause again, I know that you're in the modeling, but you're also, everything is, everything that you do is leading towards this, whether it's, you know, conservation or even re- regeneration, right. Of the environment um, has having that singular and that clarity of focus been helpful for you. Yeah, for real. Cause um first with modeling like I'm so grateful to have that job and to meet people and to travel but sometimes it's still feeling um how can I put this it's still feeling chaotic somehow and I read somewhere that if it 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 feels chaotic and complicated and difficult and you really need to fight for it sometimes um it's not Maybe it's not that is that that is not for you, right? Um, that doesn't mean that you need to fight for things and they will come naturally. You need to fight for them, but there is a different feeling between fight for things when you have a pro, a, pro, a purpose and they feel good during the journey uh, than having a lot of obstacles during the way and signals that tell you this is not your place sometimes, right? So on the environmental side and the people that I surround myself with on that way, uh, the opportunities that come to me on the easiest uh, way as well, is giving me signals that that's what I really need to do. Also because it feels good. It feels completely uh, non-chaotic or not inadequate. It feels completely right. And it's something that you really even feel physical from here, right? it changed my 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 mood when for example i'm surrounded by animals or i'm helping an organization or i'm raising awareness uh, on a conference about climate change it the way i speak the way i feel it feels like on the heart on the center completely different than when i'm modeling the modeling thing is is great it's amazing experience but when i see the result even i feel so proud when i see this editorial and uh, I've been, I mean, on tears, for example, when I did this um, uh, fashion show for Louis Vuitton, I was so grateful. But at the end, it's a, again, it's a momentary satisfaction because then it happens and you're like, that was great. And now what? What is next? And this is different. This is not what is next. This is like a compounding of things that leads you to a way that is your purpose, basically. It's uh, always to do more, but in a way that what I do uh, on a daily life, I know it's also enough. And they are not questioning me 
uh, about how I look or how skinny I am, but what I have to say. So it feels completely different. That's why I put my main focus now on there because I want to be value more about what I have to say and what, what I can do besides how I look. Um, and I think it's something that I realized uh, not very long ago. Actually, it was like during these months when I was uh, also on a, on working in China, right? Um, so yeah, basically on my personal life, it's teaching me a lot. Because I, I think uh, I was not very aware. I felt like Sussex was related to shine or be a top model and, you know, be on covers and all these things that I, I'm still pursuing. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, somehow is it still, I have some, some goals yet. Right. But I think it's at the end, it's more cool. What you really live, what, what you really live on this world. Cause at the end, if I'm just a model, um, I was reflecting that, okay, what if tomorrow, I mean, let, let's be honest. What if tomorrow I die? What is what is left of of me on the world? Just some super cool pictures and maybe some covers, maybe some shows. Everybody will remember me as a top model, which is great. But as a human, like what I did for the world, you know. So that's where I really found my place on the environmental side because I really, I, I'm I really feel that I'm making a a change and I'm helping the world to be better and I'm putting you know my seed out there. As a human, so um, yeah, for me it's complete. It feels completely different. That's why why I redefine my purpose with with all this path. And do you ever worry? You know, because it's really it's really one brave and amazing that you're willing to continue to pursue both things. You know, because some people might look at that and be like, "Well, fashion incompatible, like can't do it." But you're saying, "No, actually, yes, there is a way forward, and I'm willing to be part of it." Do you ever worry that brands or certain agencies are not going to want to work with you or that you're going to lose followers or lose support based on standing up for these values that you have in terms of the environment? Mm. Or do you not really care about that anymore? I do care. I, I mean, I cannot lie to you. I would say I don't care. I do care still a little bit. I'm working on that. Um, but at the same time, I don't because I'm still knowing that as as long as I post about climate change and uh, yeah animals and all these things, my insights will not be the same as if I post my pictures, uh, my modeling pictures or me in bikini and all these things. I know they always have more insights and more likes and everything, but still I, I'm still doing whatever I want. You know, I'm trying to keep the balance because it's, it's still my work tool, Instagram and my social media and my pictures and everything. So I try to keep the balance, right? But I'm I'm still raising awareness about climate change because I feel that's what I really want to do and what it feels correct again. So I don't mind for um like losing followers in in when I when this happens because it happens. I lose a lot, uh, but also I gain real ones. Well, it's not that the others are not real, but I I I feel that I am building somehow a community or an audience that really care about what I have to say as well, know how it, I just look, which is important for me as well. Um, and about brands, I reject already like some brands that doesn't match, match my value. So um, I would understand if they come to my profile and they see something that is not like the typical model, model thing. And that can close me uh, doors, of course. 
But in other terms, in general, mm, I value more the opportunities that I got, even they are not related to modeling itself. But for example, this next gen assembly that I had, uh, the opportunity to join uh, during the Global Fashion Summit, that was amazing. And that was uh, related to sustainable fashion, which maybe I was I was not going to be able to make it if I'm not a model, because one of the requirements was link to to them uh, to have a link with the modeling uh, sorry with the fashion industry right so we had designers and uh, people related to the fashion industry and my my case was okay my my link is I'm a model but I'm trying to I'm working okay for the industry but I'm also against how the industry works and I think it's fine I think I can use my voice in both words and that's what I told you I I do some people find this uh, hypocritical. The fact that I'm working as a model, but also I'm against it. But I think uh, it's essential and it's my duty because I know the industry uh, to to speak about it and to raise awareness about it. That's why when I'm on the studios or in works, I always talk about, uh, sorry, I talk about um, climate change or animal welfare, or they ask me about my diet. And I always, with pleasure, if they ask me, of course, uh, I talk about this with them. And I try to raise awareness in places where, these topics wouldn't be talk if it's not because I'm there, you know. So I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Absolutely. Do you feel like you're kind of at the point where it's like, you know what? Screw it. Whatever it takes. Like I'm full in on this, <laughs> on this yeah. cause. Yeah, actually, uh, Ansh, my, my partner, I told you, he's helping me a lot with that because he's very confident and uh, he really inspired me to be fully me. And it's something that we are still working on, both of us. Because uh, it's, it's a struggle for me sometimes to expose myself as I really am. And I think the day that I do that fully, 100%, without caring at all what people will say uh, or will think is, is the day that I will succeed, like for real, for me and for my future. So I really need to unleash myself. Well, you're in the process, definitely. How do you feel like you get to that point? Like how... How does one unleash themselves entirely and just say, you know what, this is it. Like, this is how I feel. This is what I'm, I'm here for. I think it's hard. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's hard because um, I'm, as I said, I'm still kind of caring a bit about the response or the feedback of, of people. I think we, we all are somehow, um, so it's it's complicated. I don't have the answer. If I have it, uh, I I would already, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> work it on myself. Um, but I think it's about finding your authenticity, finding your real self. Because at the end, we are an amount of experience of things that happen to us, of information that we consume, and we build our personality. But we really need to pull out of all, all these layers and see what is real. Uh, what are the real parts of ourselves and how we act, for example, or who we are with the people that we really trust uh, in or when we are alone, that's the real ourself. And that's what we, if we want, of course, uh, we should put out there because at the end, the people that really success in their works and everything is, I really feel that it's because they are true to their selves and to their authenticity somehow. I mean, there are some people that have different characters and they use them to be out there in the 
uh, as a speakers or whatever. But I think uh, I really, for example, found very inspiring from you when you share your skin problem and the acne because I struggle with that a lot. And sometimes, like for me, it's even like more struggle because if I show that uh, being a model is like completely awkward or whatever, you know, because as a model, I should have perfect skin when it's completely opposite most of the times because the hormonal imbalances, traveling, different weather, everything affects to us. And it's not just me. I mean, like uh, so many of my friends struggle with that. But at the end, you just see the perfect skin a picture with a lot of Photoshop, a lot of makeup, and that's not true. So um, I have some pictures that I took myself like some months ago when I was not okay and I had a lot of acne. And I was uh, thinking about posting them, you know, because at the end we need to be real, we need to be authentic and and show ourselves as we are. Because I think we can touch more people if we are as we are and not trying to be perfect and trying to impress others with things that are not even real. So if you feel sad, say it out loud. If you are not having a good hair or a good skin day, it's fine. You you don't need to hide yourself, you know? So yeah, just be authentic and stay ground with who you are, which is hard. Yeah. I think you make a, a, a point there too, which I wanted to highlight is that it's not, and something that I feel like I got caught up in a lot too is making my purpose chasing that perfection, right? It's like if you were spending all of your time worrying about these things that you really can't control but still trying to appear perfect, then you're not having the same amount of time or energy to pursue a bigger purpose that's beyond yourself, a bigger cause. And I, I, I realized that a lot too with my, <clears throat> with my skin. It's actually coming up on one year since it was like that absolutely crazy hormonal acne. And I feel thankful every day that I'm not at that point, but I'm so glad that I eventually just relaxed about it and continued on teaching and continued sharing my message without feeling like I needed to hide or, or you know, fix myself first before going after a deeper purpose. So that's really beautiful. I wanted to also ask you, and this will be the last thing that we um, touch on before getting to the wrap-up question, but your own personal meditation practice. For those of you that don't know, um, part of the honest reason why I really do my daily, I try to almost daily meditate in the morning is because of you, Clara. I mean, it's funny because like I've had so many technical teachers, right? But some of my favorite yogis, I say this, are not the yogis who are obsessed with asana practice. And like, you are one of those yogis. That's that's my favorite. That's not oh. technically like with the label of yogi, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like I, I learn actually even better from that. So I was curious, you had mentioned that in the past, you felt like you really tried to sit down and force yourself to feel things like gratitude and to force yourself to manifest, which you have done really. I mean, you've done, you've had incredible synchronicities time after time in your life, but you realized recently, actually, I am now allowing myself space to feel, and and it's a different kind of awareness. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so as you said, I think I, we talked about this before. Um, at the beginning of all this journey, I was just exploring the first the first steps of uh, meditation and spirituality and all this beautiful discovering um, thing when it's like the, the first time you 
you are dating someone and you feel like super excited <laughs> and in love and you want to do everything with them and see them all the time and you're like you don't even see the bad things right um or the negative points of this of the, of the person you're dating so i think with with meditation and spiritual uh, growth and all these things it happens the same at the beginning it was just all beautiful i was raising a lot of about positivism and uh, gratitude and all these things, which I think they are uh, important, but they are not. Uh, they are not the reality. Life is not like. I mean, life is how you perceive it, of course. But um, I was. I feel like I was on a bubble of uh, positive, positive vibes and gratitude and all these things. So, at the end, um, as I said, I just figure out not so long ago that I was trying just to force myself, yeah, to feel gratitude even when I'm not feeling that grateful uh, or feeling positive even when I'm not. But until a point that I I really believe it, you know, I was, as I said, kind of blinded by that. And it was a beautiful journey. It was was beautiful and I didn't even realize that I was forcing myself until now because on... Some meditations uh, lately, I was feeling like, yeah, I'm making a gratitude meditation, but uh, I don't feel the same anymore like before. I, I'm not on that uh, feeling. So I realized that I was doing that also based on wanting to have a, a, an income, right? Like, okay, I'm doing this gratitude meditation because I read a lot and I listen a lot about being grateful will give you more things. To be grateful of or if i do this in uh, this meditation about manifesting i need to feel all of these positive feelings blah blah to manifest this dream that i want to you know even if i don't feel like so at the end it was not just about feeling it was about chasing the result right so it was not real real is what i felt right now so now it's been a while since i'm not trying to manifest anything uh, through meditations. It's been a long time, I think the whole year, and I'm just making uh, meditations on a completely different way. I'm not trying to manifest anything. I'm not trying to feel grateful if I don't feel there are some days that I wake up and I feel really grateful, but just because of simple things. I'm breathing, my health is okay, uh, my family is okay, I have a home, I have food, and that's, that's beautiful. Uh, but I'm not doing that um artificially just to seek or to to receive something from the universe or whatever you want to call it right so yeah that's that's that has been really um, challenging to realize all of this because it completely changed my mind on how i see spirituality and also because i was of course absorbing a lot of information from certain gurus that uh, at that point i didn't know i didn't understand that was not healthy uh, for me. Um, so yeah, I discuss a lot about this with my partner because he's very uh, skeptical about all these things, and we ha- we found like a balance, and we have like really uh, interesting <laughs> conversations about this. Um, so I think now I'm more grounded than than before. So yeah, it's 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 a long it's a long process and it's uh, another conversation we can we can have uh, if you want other day because uh, I've been realizing plenty things about all this positive uh, bias movement all these books um, 
uh, all these podcasts that are out there, of course, as well. And all this, yeah, spiritual movement that is very trendy, but you need to be very careful who you listen to and what you observe as well. Absolutely. So to wrap up, the last question, as always, is the billboard question. And I know that you've answered this before, but and, and it can be the same. I don't truthfully remember exactly what it was, but if you had a billboard that was going to be seen by everybody in the world, what would you put on it? Well, um, it would be very accurate, um, very similar to the last one. Um, but to be more simple, I think we need to reconnect uh, with nature because we are so separated from it that we are not able to see ourselves as a part of it anymore. So we cannot care about something that we don't feel we are part of. So in practice, I would and I would announce and uh, say to people, please just be open, you know, to all the information that is out there, all the videos, documental reports, uh, and people that is raising awareness about climate change. How can you act? Because we need everybody on this movement. Uh, you can really act on the most simple way as uh, with practices as, I mean, daily habits, as uh, what you eat, uh, how you move, uh, what you buy. And being open and being uh, near to all this information will lead you to examples of how uh, can you act on the most simple way. And it really matters because uh, every single action matters. And this is really something that we need to understand. Uh, it has an impact. Every single thing we do and every single thing we uh, buy, we eat, it has, it has uh, an impact. So just be mindful of that, uh, not just be mindful of your, which is important as well, of yourself as how you, how you uh, behave with others, how you behave on this uh, world, uh, how you move uh, your breath and all the uh, self-awareness and self-consciousness in, in the spiritual way, but also uh, be mindful and be aware about the relationship that we have with nature and how much we depend on it, uh, how much we depend on the oxygen we breathe and how much we depend on the health of our soils and how much we depend on the biodiversity and the wild animals out there. So we really need to care about all of those because yeah, our survival basically depends on that. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much. And where can people find you? And then I will... I will say goodbye to you, but first just share anything um, that you have coming up as well that you'd like to share. Well, it's been a pleasure to be here. As always, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Um, I, I, I really would have calls with you about all these topics daily because they are very enriching and make me reflect a lot as well. So I hope um, they make reflect as well to, to the audience. Um, yeah, you can find me basically the main... Social media I use uh, is Instagram, so you can find me out there. Is uh, I am Claire with double E. I am clear. <laughs> uh, or if you type Clara Tomei, you will find me. So, yeah. Perfect. I will tag that in the show notes. And, well, thank you so much for your time. And I hope to see you somewhere in the world sometime soon. <laughs>
Thank you so, so much for having me. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud to be your friend. So yeah, hope to, to meet you soon and do some something special together. Sounds good. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao.